0: Let's get started. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Social Sunshine Podcast, episode 197. I'm your hostess, Brittany Cross, and welcome back for another episode. I've got a great guest today. It's Noam Bardeen. He is the founder and former CEO of Waze, which you probably have the app in your phone. It gives you directions. It tells you where the police officers are, if there's a hazard on the side of the road, all that jazz. Um, Yeah, he used to be the CEO of that, and uh, he now has this new uh, platform out called Post or Post News. And it's, it's a news platform, but it also allows for interaction for the user, and they're taking a unique and different approach to it rather than having subscriptions or having ads. Um, it's very, very cool the way that they're doing it. So I want you to hear, um, hear all about it. He's going to explain how it works. I, I do want to say that this is not a, a conversation about politics, uh, so don't get worried by me saying news um, <laughs> because you know how much I love politics. Not really, uh, we did not have that kind of conversation. We really focused on the platform and um just listening to the ideas and what what their intention is behind it and how they really want to encourage people to have civil conversations and have um access to news in a more like user friendly way, which I thought was actually really cool because if you- kn- you know how like a lot of times you like click on something or read an article and it's like all these pop-ups and shit and then you got to subscribe and it's kind of an ordeal and then you're like fuck it never mind I'm not even going to read it. Well, <laughs> they're they're trying to um you know help you avoid that kind of situation. So it's like a user-friendly situation on on post and um and they're really um trying to filter out the the toxic nature of some of these kinds of news related conversations. So again, it's not a politics episode. It is a social media platform. Um, episode. And it's cool to hear their ideas and where they're going with post. And uh, we also talked a little bit about ways, of course, you know, I'd ask a few questions about that. My husband, uh, Ryan loves ways. So anyway, um, I'm going to zip it up so you can hear my conversation with Noam Bardeen coming up next. Today's guest is the founder of Post, a platform built for real people, real news, and civil conversations. Prior to launching Post in 2022, Noam founded and served as CEO of Waze. I'm sure you've heard of that. One of the world's most talked about startups through its acquisition by Google in June 2013 and served as CEO of Intercast. Networks and co-founded Delta Three Inc., a leading international voiceover IP service provider, featured as one of Business Insider's 100 Stars. I love a star of Silicon Valley. Noam holds a BA in economics from the Hebrew University and a Master's of Public Administration from Harvard University's John F. Kennedy School of Government. Oh my goodness, where he started planning on how to save the world. He's now decided it will be one post at a time and looks forward to everyone joining him in the conversation. And a fun fact, if you are wondering some trivia about Waze, cop locator, locating cops, that was the essence of what Waze was built on. Welcome to the Social Sunshine Podcast, (laughs) Noam Bardeen.
1: Well, thank you for having me. That's quite an introduction. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I, you know, I just go for the gusto. Like you, you guys gave us so much information and I was like, we're going to go for all of it. Cause this is impressive. <laughs> um, so anyway, I'm, I'm really happy to have you here and on the show. Thank you for taking the time to hang out with us.
1: Well, thanks for inviting me.
0: This is, there's so much to talk about, um, you know, okay. You know, we're going to go with ways first because <laughs> first of all, my husband's like, tell him I said, hi, I'm like, babe, he doesn't know you, but <laughs> he's a big fan of course fan. I do
1: Of course, he's the guy who always makes the illegal left turn he's right? The,
0: yeah and tailgating people it's absolutely ridiculous actually yeah, he's yeah. a horrible well, we driver horrible I love you Ryan but you're a horrible driver no and no honestly though he loves Waze he discovered it before I did um and so he's like been a long time user so um very cool kind of full circle moment <laughs> with all of this but so so you said it the idea was to be able to help people find out where where the cops were at, right?
1: Well, that's how it started out. It started out as a a project of Ehud Shabdai, the technical founder of the company. And he was just playing around with some APIs and he built this app that that would allow you to mark speed cameras. And then he got a cease and desist letter from the mapping company. And he was like, I'm giving this away for free. People are using it. What's the big deal? And they said, no, you can charge for it. we will take a percent or you're, you, you can't use our maps or anything that you're doing. And so literally he said, screw you, deleted the map. And that became the beginning of how we build our own maps and the volunteer community and everything else that later on became waves.
0: Oh my gosh, that's cool. And that was like, when did, okay. So rewind, when was that? When this, is, all that part? this is actually
1: 2006. And the company was founded in 2008. And then it launched globally in mid 2009, and we sold to Google in 2013.
0: Wow, what a ride, right? I mean,
1: it it was yeah, it was it was a fun time. You know, looking back, it was a fun time. At the time, it was horrible, scary, and the world was always falling apart. But now I can look back and say it was all part of a strategic vision
0: right (laughs) it it all brought you here is what we say it all (laughs) led us to this point but yeah no I'm sure in the middle of all that it's it's a lot um it's um it's really it's really quite amazing because in the way that I think of it which I don't know you may hear this a lot is like we're so accustomed to that kind of technology that that Waze provided and of course others where like It's normal life, right? But it just really wasn't that long ago in the big picture of human beings as when we didn't have it, you know, like, I mean, I'm just old enough to where I remember like having to print out the map, you know, from whatever it was called on the internet and use the paper, you know, and it's just so cool to think that, that that's where, where we are, but it all feels so normal now, you know?
1: It's really amazing. You know, when you're starting something new and you look forward it seems impossible, right? You're basically going to move mountains and, and all these problems, whatever. But when you look back, you realize that it happened much faster. I was adopted much faster than you thought, right? Once things start, they, they take off. It takes so long to get it to actually start. I mean, by start, it's kind of product market fit, right? When you actually have built something that people want and they're telling their friends about it, right? That, that kind of challenge. But, but again, looking forward seems impossible. Looking back, as you said, it was just a few years ago. Right and uh, same time also years go by pretty fast these days. I don't know about
0: you. <laughs> Right. Well, that's cool. I mean, that's encouraging for any like business owner, or somebody with an idea that's listening too, because it does seem it's kind of like having a newborn baby. Like, like it's like the days are long. They say the days are long, but the years are short. Right. Um. So it's a very <laughs> similar concept, and sometimes right. just as whiny as a baby. I think.
1: <laughs> that, I Actually, I never thought of the analogy of a baby. That's a great analogy because uh, the first baby, let's say, right? the, the first baby seems impossible right it's like how could this happen what am i doing they let me out of the hospital with this human being and i have no license to drive drive this what's going on when you think about it that uh, people have been having babies since there have been people you know it's like right. is it really that complicated so a lot of it's in our head how we complicate things.
0: right 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 you're you're totally right a lot of that a lot of fear of the unknown and mystery and all that um Okay, well, that's cool. Thank you for humoring me with my ways moment. Now, shout out to my husband, Ryan, because he's going to be excited about that. Um, okay, so take me to post. Why? What's What inspired you to do this? And why did you do it?
1: So I've been obsessing over the space of misinformation, disinformation, news, media, social media. There's no really good name for that whole area, but they're all very well, very deeply connected. And with it comes the rise of authoritarianism, which is a global phenomenon that we see that obviously social media has a big part in it, toxicity that social media has done. And so when I left Google, I started thinking about how do we get people to actually get access to better news? And the core experience I was worried about, and I think we all know, is that you're on a social media platform, someone shares an article with you. You click on that article, you hit a paywall, you get all these ads jumping on you, these email capture forms. I wanted to read this article. Like, what do you want? And this is really a change of behavior that I believe is happening today, where, you know, if the, in the past, newspapers were, piece of, were papers, right? And then they became HTML pages, and then they became apps. But the concept, the concept that, that to me as a 52-year-old might make sense, but to my daughters were in college makes no sense. The concept that you're going to go to a website or an app so that someone else can tell you what to read. Some editor there is going to tell you this is what you're interested in. And then we've got social media, which is every piece of news you could ever imagine and every subject personalized to you. Right. So you compare the two things. You're like, oh, like how are these? How do they live together? And in many ways, social media was not designed for news. It has been part of the destruction of local news and 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 you know everything we've seen around news is happening. I believe it's very important that we have access to your news. And so we launched, we built Post as a place for social media and news to live together. And we think that when we say live together, it's addressing what we think were the problems of the first generation of social media. And basically the three things we're focused on that are, are fundamentally different than social media. The first is we want all the content to open in the feed. So you're not jumping to another site and then that site opening up the ads and with email captures. No, we want it all in your feed. You open up, you read, you move on, right? We don't have time for this. Perfect. Uh, And that's really the user experience side of things. Second is the monetization side. Our platform has a built-in micropayment economy in it. So you can pay several cents for different things. You can tip anyone a few cents. You can purchase an article for a few cents. And basically everything's accessible to you, but the creator can set the price for it. And the reader can decide whether or not they want to buy it, but it's not subscription. It's not these kind of $20 a month commitments. It's $0.03 cents here, $0.05 cents there, right? And, and that's a very different way of looking at things. But when you think about it compared to in, in, in traditional advertising, you know, a $0.10 cent read is $100 CPM, right? So you put it in perspective, there's more to content than just ads and subscription. And the third thing that, that we're focused on is toxicity. and 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 social media really has become kind of has brought out the worst in us and that's by design you know these platforms are ad supported being ad supported they need you to engage on the platform and the best thing that engages us is hateful content you know we get upset and we get mad and we stay on the platform and watch lots of ads so it works right Right. and so this is the third thing that we're trying to change
0: wow that's cool i what stood out for me like just thinking as a user was that you don't have to go, like it doesn't take you to a million different places. Like it's there (laughs) because that you're right. You go and you go to some, take you some weird page and then these pop-up things on your phone. And it's like, and then you're like, screw it. never mind I don't want to read the damn thing. I'm over it. Exactly.
1: And by the way, that's the problem. We've been taught not to click on these links and social media, because we know we're just going to hit the paywall. Right. And um well, we can, we can spend hours talking about the news industry, et cetera, but, but I look at it always from the consumer side. Right. So What I think consumers want, they want a wide variety of content. They want the social media ability to share content, to, to engage with content, to have an opinion about it. I think people are willing to pay something, not a tremendous amount and not for everything, but they're willing to pay something for some things that they care about if it's a, seamless, a frictionless experience. And so that's really what we're focused on. How can we make this friction-free experience very fast? We're not expecting people to spend hours and hours and hours on our platform, whether to come, get their news, engage as much as they want. If they want to spend hours, it's fine. If they spend 20 minutes, it's also fine. But we don't want to bait them with hateful content
0: We can help with our done for you content creation. We cultivate a fun and exciting online space. So your brand can make the positive impact on the world that it's meant to. Let's be honest. We're a group of creative people with a soft spot for our fellow world changers. If you're ready to tell your story, make a difference and have fun doing it. You have found your content creation team in Fun Love Media. Head to funlovemedia.com or email me directly at Brittany at funlovemedia.com to get started today. That's B R I T N E Y at funlovemedia.com. So, how, I mean, God, that's a monster of a thing to deal with is toxicity on online. I mean, how are y'all navigating that? I, uh, that's a big question, but like, what are a couple of examples of how you're dealing with that and trying to prevent that?
1: So yes, it, it's it's obviously a, a very very difficult problem. By the way, it's a problem that does not get solved. It's not like there's a, an answer and then you switch it on, it's done. No. Yeah. But I think the the first thing comes from intentionality, actually wanting to do something about it. Because if you don't want to do something about it, obviously nothing <laughs> will ever happen. Right. Right? right. And that's really the case up to now. You know, when you think about. Facebook, Twitter, you know, some of these platforms, their toxicity is a feature. It's not a bug. It's the, by design, right? And they know that. And their goal is to dial down just enough not to get called in front of Congress, right? <laughs> so that, that's really the limit. It's like not to get regulated. What's the maximum text toxicity I can offer that will allow me not to be regulated, right? And so when you come at it from that perspective, you're looking at it as, how can I minimize the moderation? We come at it from a very different perspective. We come at it from a perspective of we don't want posts to be for everyone. You know, if you're one of these crazy culture warriors on either side, and you, your whole reason for building on social media is to troll people and to dox people and to get involved in these battles, whatever, there are enough platforms for you. Stay there, okay? Right. <laughs> we're not interested in you. And so that means that we're willing to throw you off the platform. If you act horribly, you won't be there. And the second, though, from a philosophical perspective, we have scores for every user. And these scores adapt based on what you do on the platform. And so over time, we learn to trust you. We learn how much we can trust you. And we increase your weight in the different algorithms because you're a trustworthy person who's been on the platform for a while and done good things on the platform, has not been flagged, and has not been, uh, no content was taken down, et cetera. And the flip side, if you are one of those people, we're going to start shrinking your reach, lowering your weight in the algorithms, to a point that will obviously throw you off the platform, depending on, on what you do. But we want this to be a place that's, that's healthy, for what I call regular people—people people who are not living in Silicon Valley and are not necessarily billionaires fighting with each other—people that have jobs and families, etc., want to use social media, want to get their news from social media, but are not in the business of being called a communist or a fascist every day because of their opinion.
0: <laughs> right, that's cool about the about almost like um, what do they uh, like a well like a rating or uh, sorry I'm messing up the words, but with the user like showing that like, if you basically, if you start being an asshole, like you, you know, you're going to get shoved into the corner.
1: (laughs) This is, I mean, you, you, you use my terminology, which is nice. And the platforms today are designed for the asshole. (laughs)
0: Right. Right.
1: And they elevate the asshole.
0: Right. Because
1: they drive this engagement, but it creates this false impression that everyone that doesn't agree with you is evil. It's terrible. Right. right? They're all out to get you. They're not just, we don't disagree about an issue. They are the devil and I am a saint, right? That's what social media kind of creates for you, this bubble, this, this tunnel vision of how wonderful you are and how terrible everyone else is. And everything, that's not reality, right? If you take your average American, take your your, your redneck kid from Alabama and your woke kid from New York, put them in the same room, they'll get along just fine. fine. Put a computer screen between them, they'll hate each other, right? And this is really the challenge. I believe it's tearing our society apart, but in general, it's exhausting. All this hatred is, I don't know. I I I find that the social media has become so difficult to to navigate because it's just exhausting, and it, it portrays the world as this terrible place where everyone is evil, and that's not the reality.
0: No, it's not. I say that a lot too. Of like, really, what you just said is like, um, is how how weird it is how people will just transform and become like what we call a keyboard warrior or whatever. Um, when you have a keyboard of any form in front of you, but that that you probably wouldn't act like that in real life. I mean, maybe a few of them, might, like, but not most people would. And it's well, it's almost it's almost. wild, like just like the balls that you have for some reason. When I don't know, it maybe I don't know what it is why people think that's okay. But you're right, because most people are not as extreme as what they kind of like seem to be. Seem to be,
1: and and another aspect of the algorithms of social media is that you begin getting more and more content that you either agree with or that it thinks you agree with. Right. Right. And so like what happens on YouTube is some, you know, young, eh, usually male eh, eh, who's unemployed and living with his mother. And he's very depressed about his life. And he's going to go online and in and, you know, YouTube query, why am I depressed? And what he'll discover very quickly, all these videos eh, created by really nice people to explain why it's all because of women or gays or Jews or Blacks or or anyone else, right? Right. And so he clicked on one of those videos. Now the algorithm showed him another video and another. And so you begin suddenly realizing, hey, the whole world are Nazis. It's okay for me to be a Nazi because everyone else is a Nazi as well. Look, all the videos are all Nazi videos. And you get into this kind of wormhole of everything, all this hateful content because the algorithm is feeding it to you because you read one. So they give you another one, read the other one, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And all these things are by design. They're by design to support the business model at the same yeah. time at the expense of, of our society.
0: Right. How do y'all, I mean, and this may be another monster of a question, but like, how do y'all avoid that? How do you, I mean, is it an algorithm technology thing that we don't have time for? How do you do that to to where people pull up posts and it's like, I'm going to see a little bit of a variety of things. I'm maybe, you know, how do you deal with that?
1: So as I said, it all really starts with intentionality right? Wanting to do something about it. So, you know, Facebook loves to say how they can't control what's going on there. It's impossible. Facebook knows you're going to buy a car before you know you're going to buy a car, right? They know you're pregnant before you know you're pregnant, right? They can solve this problem, okay, if they wanted to. And again, solving the problem, people love to jump into the the difficult questions, right? Well, what if my opinion is contrary to the scientific knowledge and I happen to be the hero? No. Those are the difficult issues, which are very difficult. And usually there aren't the straight answers what's right. But there's a whole slew of areas that are very clear in terms of what it is. You know, the basic racism, misogyny, homophobia, right? There's basic stuff that we know lives happily on the platform that's easy to detect and we could get rid of it. The child pornography, the, 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 the doxing of people, all these kinds of things. So, you know, the, we look at those things as the worst. And that's what we call civil conversations, right? We want to make sure that if you're on the platform, people can attack your ideas. They might say your idea is just stupid. That's fine. But they shouldn't be attacking you. Right. Or the type of person you are in terms of a class or race or religion or, or whatever it is. That's where we draw the line, right? Other platforms are okay with leaving it. Right. And so that, that's kind of a big... Another great example is, is this with sort of censorship. The big platforms love to cry about censorship, right? But they're actually the ones censoring so when you think about the First Amendment, you're right, your freedom of speech is from the government, not from a private company, right? The government is not allowed to, to restrict your speech in any way. But then the elections happen in Turkey and Twitter decides to censor all of the, of, of the ruler the, uh, opponents. And their answer to why they're doing that is, well, if not, they'll throw us out of Turkey. And that really comes to the question of, you know, what do you stand for? I mean, it's American companies right? We stand for, for, for ideals in America that should be global ideals, but then to go and censor yourself to the Russians, to the Turks, to the Chinese, et cetera, that's one of the things we're not willing to do. That doesn't mean we, we probably will never operate in Turkey. That's okay. That's a price you have to pay. If you're not willing to pay any price, then you don't really stand for anything.
0: Right. Wow. Yeah. You just said a lot right there. That's for sure. <laughs> um, so what what about the, um, this is just me personally curious. Yeah. I. The content, like so, how how does that come about? Like, do you have a a process of like like that 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 an outlet has to go through to make sure you know they can be on your platform and they can share information? Is it open so to first anyone? Of all,
1: first of all, anyone can join the platform and post whatever they want on the platform as long as they don't it, 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 it cross our content rules, which are pretty standard. They're not right. different than any other platform out there. The only difference is we want to enforce them. That, that's where I see the difference.
0: Right.
1: And second is you can apply as a publisher, you can apply to be part of the ingestion, the automated process where your content goes directly into the platform. Okay. And we have about 40 different publishers, the New Yorker, Vanity Fair, CNN just joined us, in, in Wired, I mean, USA Today, right? And what they're doing, they have a feed that gets injected directly into the platform. Okay. And then gets posted out from their account. And so when you when you open it, you're not going to their website. You're opening the content on our site uh, with one clean interface without having to jump around with all these different things. And then some are offering it for free, some are charging a few cents, some are asking for tips. Uh, same thing with newsletter writers and all different types of creators uh, as they are, people creating long-form content is really the kind of the core of what we do. But you can write, you know, three letters, three characters as well. Like we're we're not trying to prescribe what kind of content has to be on the platform, we are saying that if we're supporting your content, then we want to make sure of who you are. But you know, you can be the most as long as you comply with the rules. You know, you can actually come and open an account on the platform like everyone else.
0: Okay, okay, that's cool. And then and then so the user, I I, I was looking at it. The user has points, right? Mm-hmm. So points is how you would kind of quote unquote pay to access certain content, yes?
1: So we borrowed the model from the gaming networks like Twitch and and these others. So basically, when you join the platform, we're going to give you 50 points for free, which you can use to tip people. You can use them to purchase premium content. You can do different things with the the points. When you run out of points, you can buy another bulk of points and it's up to you to buy whatever you want. But the transactions are very, very, very small. And that's the essence of all this. You know, three cents, one cent, 10 cents. Right, these kinds of cents of transactions, which you know, what's ten cents? Like, I I don't remember ever paying for something 10, that was ten cents for like thirty years, right? But right. W- when you think about it in the context of digital content, where, where once the content's produced, there's no marginal cost to replicate the content, right? That could be a fortune, and and this is really where we see the biggest impact that we want to have. You know, the the internet has been built today by subscription and ads. That's it. But most content doesn't fall into those two things, you know, for ads, you need hundreds of millions of users, you know, and for subscription, you need tremendous amount of unique content, right? But what about everything else that's in the middle? There isn't a business model for it. And we really want to be able to be the platform that can support and monetize that.
0: So smart. I love it. You're right. Because it is subscriptions and ads, like all everywhere, All all the things. So, so what? If somebody is wondering, should they try it or not? Like this sounds—that's such a cheesy question. I'm sorry, but <laughs> but what? I mean, who who is this good for? I mean, everybody? So, or
1: <laughs> first of all, the answer is yes. You should try it. Okay. And it doesn't really matter what the question was, but that's the answer. Um, <laughs> just go to Post News or, or search for Post News in, in the App Store, and um, try it out. It's free. Sign up. Give it a try. Like, who, who are focused it? on? It's people that consume most of their news from their social feed. That's the, the type of user we're we're designing for: user who reads the news, cares about what's going on in the world, doesn't want to read just one source, wants to read multiple sources. You know, under, cares about journalism? Wants you know, understands journalism is important. Now, if you all you do is watch kind of TikTok videos of, of jumping cats, we're probably the wrong platform for you. But everyone else who actually reads news somewhere should try it out as a different way of really of reading news in a much more efficient, and, and, and to me, diversity is the most important thing of it. You need to listen to lots of different voices. Yep. And what, another problem with subscription is that you get locked into one voice, right? And it doesn't matter if it's Fox or the New York Times, right? You're reading from, you're listening to one source, that's all you're hearing because you're paying for it, et cetera, right? And so having lots of different sources, I think can really help you get a better uh, opinion of what's going on.
0: Right. Okay, cool. And maybe also it's good for someone like me that just usually avoids reading the news because of all the crap that comes along with that process. So now <laughs> I can have an easier, more smooth process because I really do. I don't read a lot of it because it's just, um, you know, can be a bit of a mess.
1: It is definitely a mess. And also the question of what is news has become social media has created <laughs> that everything yeah. is news, right? It can be so many different things and we're each interested in different things. So that really is our goal to make sure that you have a feed full of stuff that interests you and it's all accessible without all these jumping around websites.
0: Right. What, what, is, um, what do you think about, like, what, do you have a vision for where it goes? I mean, are, is that a silly question? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so I believe we're, we're kind of at the beginning of the second wave of social media. We're mm-hmm. at the end of the yeah. first wave. And I think TikTok is the best example. Right, TikTok is not YouTube. It's something else, right? But it's something else that took parts of what YouTube had that work, parts of what other platforms had that work, and it built something new that people love. Putting aside the Chinese question and all those other questions, right? They built something phenomenal, right? Right. And I think this is the next generation of social media companies we're going to see, building, taking parts of social media and building better experiences for that. And just like TikTok did that for video, we're doing that for news. Right? We think that news and social media work really well together. And we want to combine them into one feed that's built for it. And I think we'll see a lot of these things. We do see a lot of, a lot of a, a clones, and obviously Twitter is going through its uh, issues. And so we're seeing a lot of clones of Twitter. And I don't think there'll ever be another Twitter. I think Twitter is a unique phenomenon that happened at a certain point in time, technology, you know, all kinds of things that happened to make Twitter what it was. Sometimes it was a wonderful thing. Sometimes it was a terrible thing. But it was what it was, and I think now we're going to see new things come out. And I think trying to replicate Twitter, it's about the people and the conversation and the history. It's not about the technology and the features. And I don't think we'll we'll see that again. Not to mention the fact that we have so many different platforms now jumping up. That, that by kind of definition, we're we're all over the place.
0: Right. Yeah, I agree. Second wave of social media. I like the way that you said that. I agree because. Um, I remember, you know, setting up my MySpace account 20 years ago and, um, and, uh, and I do feel like, yeah, it's, it's a new wave and it's, it's different and, and yeah, you can't, you can't replace tw- it. I've, I've hung out on Twitter very much over the years, but, uh, yeah, you can't replace it. It's,
1: it's, it was, it was something so special, you know, by the way, same thing with YouTube, right? YouTube is something very special, but again, it was a point in time when yeah. it happened that created this thing and everything has an arc. By the way, things are not going to disappear. Twitter is not going to disappear tomorrow, right? That that you know AOL and Yahoo are still around, right? It's like these things <laughs> live on for for a long time. But at the same time, I think we're going to see this uh, this innovation that's happening now, new competition, new entries to the market. And obviously, the, the eight hundred pound gorilla right now is Threads, which uh, which has done something that obviously any startup would love to have the distribution of Instagram attached to it, right? It was brilliant what they did there, right? Yeah hundred million users in a week you know really brilliant the challenge there is that hey it's facebook and we all know kind of where that goes but putting aside the facebook the sorry meta the meta aspect basically you're replicating the instagram user groups and following etc just on text. right and so i see a challenge for creators like do i post on on threads or do i post on instagram and then where where where's the audience and you know, all these kinds of issues that come up when you have two aud- one audience on two platforms. Right. Um, I, I would have gone differently. I would have created a text unit that you can add into the Instagram feed. I think that would have been, the, but that would require risk. And obviously as a large company, Instagram produces so much cash, nobody wants to risk anything. Right. But I think that would have been the, the more interesting solution than a completely separate Twitter clone app of the same people of Instagram, you know, with the same similar content. So we'll see how it all plays out.
0: Right, yeah, no, I agree, I agree that would have been a good idea um and um, and yeah, I think that with threads, what I'm seeing so far, I mean just in the first few days as we're recording this, but I think, think that it's like uh I think that people that are creators on Instagram, particularly, I mean you know Facebook too, but And it's been so video heavy in recent times. I think that it's going to be very interesting. I think there's going to be some people, one way or the other, I feel like it's going to be like, some people are going to be like relieved and be like, oh, thank God, you know, I've got an audience, but I hate making those damn videos. So I'm going to do this and maybe they'll excel. But I think a video creator might have an opposite experience. So it's going to be interesting to kind of like witness that process.
1: And it'll be interesting to see where the audience spends its time. Yeah. Right. There's the creators, which is one half of it, but the other half is the audience and the audience is going to have to decide I spend my time in my threads feed or in my Instagram feed. Right. And, and, you know, Instagram wants to be TikTok and threads wants to be Twitter. Everybody wants to be some, something <laughs> that they're not.
0: Right. Right. Except for post. post of course. Post is not. and Post is post. Very unique, a unique unicorn. Well, um, before I let you go, Uh, Remind everybody, we'll put it in the show notes, but where they, what do they need to do to access post and learn and and join and do all the things?
1: So it's free, obviously. free will pay you actually the points for joining. And so the, if you're on the web, it's post.news and in all the app stores, it's post news.
0: Okay. All right, you guys go try it out. Check it out. See what you think. Let me know what you think. I'm already on there. So we're going to dive in and, and explore post. Thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate it.